Hi, I'm Dave Kelch. And I'm Warwick Johnson. Welcome to Cinema Stalgia. Where we rewatch movies from our childhood and see if they really are great or if time has passed them by. It's time to get nostalgic with your old pals Dave and Warwick. From Independence Day to Platoon, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Have some fun with them, they're watching movies. From stuff that makes you laugh to stuff that's spooky. You want to listen well, don't have a cow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Now, Dave and Warwick, come on out, take a bow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is now. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinema Nostalgia. This week, we are going to be talking about The Dark Crystal. Uh, Dark Crystal came out in 1982, directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz, and it featured the voice talents of Stephen Garlick, Lisa Maxwell, and Billy Whitelaw, and the physical performances of Kieran Shaw and a whole lot of other puppeteers and operators that nobody knows or gives a shit about. Right, well, and even those people that we just <laughs> mentioned, um, I the only person that I know from that is Kiran Shah, because he's a person of small stature mm. who does a lot of stunt work in various fantasy movies and things like that. Yeah, he worked on the on, uh, Return of the Jedi? I think so. He's just done a whole bunch of things where he's a puppet. I think he worked on almost all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Ah, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, and one special thing this week is, this is the first episode where we're having a guest. A special on, guest. A special guest for the episode. Oh, special. And um, when we are when we have guests on, we're going to have them pick the movie that we talk about yep. that this week. And so our guest today is Nicole Keating. She is the executive producer at Fake Geek Girl Productions and co-host of Rude Tutors, the podcast. So uh, welcome, Nicole, to yeah. Cinema Nostalgia. Bow, 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 bow. You guys are missing like a hype man with a soundboard. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we really, well, you know what? As the podcast grows, we're going to add more and more staff. Uh, so I think hype man is the next one. Mm-hmm. So welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Now, uh, Nicole, this was your pick uh, to for us to do Dark Crystal. So uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background of the movie, like uh, first time you saw it, that kind of thing. Uh, very, very, very young. We, a wee child. Mm. So it's imprinted onto my brain in so far as uh, my whole taste in movies, television, everything has sort of been weirdly shaped by both this and Labyrinth as a as a joint force. Ah. Uh, but the, the most prominent memory I have is that a friend of mine and I would, not only would we act this movie out, we would dress up in <laughs> costumes on during the summer and on the weekends when we were in high school. This is high school. We were full-blown teenagers. Uh, but then this was the one where one night we decided that we were going to drink a shitload of Delsum, the cough, the cough <laughs> yeah. syrup, because we heard that was the best one to get high with. And AKA robo tripping. Yeah, AKA robo tripping, but we did not use the robo yeah. tussin. Yeah, yeah. We used the delsum. It's only for robots. The robo tussin, yeah. So I, you know, that's their thing, that's their drug, so I didn't want to interfere with that. I just right. wanted to, to let them have their thing. So we drank a whole bunch of delsum, felt nothing, but sort of pretended we did because we didn't want the other person to think that we were like oh, a yeah. wuss or something. Uh, and we watched this movie. 
Okay, well, uh, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with Dark Crystal? Well, I mean, this movie, I mean, I remember seeing it when I was a kid, but I definitely did not see it in theaters because I think I would have had a lot more nightmares if I'd seen this movie when I was, let's see, four years old, which is what it would have been in 1982. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think it was definitely later when I was maybe like 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there, probably saw it on VHS Mm. with some friends at a party or a sleepover or whatever, you know, and um, I mean, I remember finding it interesting because, I mean, of course, I love fantasy and that sort of thing, and it's got a lot of those classic elements, and visually, it's really great, but um, I didn't watch it a lot, you know, I think I maybe saw it that once, and then I revisited it maybe a couple times in my, like, teen years, in my 20s, but when we watched it just now for this episode, I, like a lot of these movies, probably haven't seen it in probably a decade, maybe, so... I had not seen this movie, I think, for at least 25 years. There you nice. go. Because nice. I saw it when I was a kid. And I remember, because uh, in 1982, I didn't exist. I was not anything. <laughs> I was nowhere. <laughs> you were not a twinkle in I father's was, eye. I was, I was nothing. I was a cow in a field somewhere, if you believe the Buddhists. That's right. poetic. My only wish is that you were... Slaughtered for delicious burger meat. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, too. You know this McDonald's shit. I hope you were slaughtered for, like, 95% lean, bougie burger shit. Yeah, like Red Robin, right? Yeah! Hell yeah! Red Robin's where the good burgers are at. Red Robin, send us free stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Free burgers. (laughs) Please. We'll leave an address at the end of the podcast for Red Robin to send our burgers (laughs) to. Right, exactly. Please be frozen. Please be frozen. So I was, I think I was, like, five or six when I saw this movie. It's weird because I equate them in my mind, even though they're 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 very they're similar but also very different. Um, but I definitely saw Labyrinth a lot more than this film, mm-hmm. and I think that we had both on VHS. It's just that I always gravitated more towards Labyrinth, so that was the movie that I watched more. Um, so I haven't seen this movie since I was a little kid, yep. uh, and so there were things that happened, and I was like, I know I've seen this movie. I had no clue like <laughs> half of it was in here, and I was just like, well, nope, this is a surprise. Like, I did not remember the Meyer Lurks at all. Yep. Like, zero. And my guess is that I was, like, a as a five- or six-year-old child, I was just like, I'm going to forget that these guys exist <laughs> because they're real scary or whatever. Yep. But, yeah, so that's, so Dark Crystal. Do we want to just dive right into yeah, it? Yeah, let's just well, dive right I into this. I will say, though, that I was debating between Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, and NeverEnding Story. You'll mm. see some common themes yep. running yep. through all of those. Dogs die in all of them. No, just kidding. No, dogs don't die in this one. <laughs> no, Fizz they gig, don't. Fizzgig is the closest thing to a dog, but otherwise dogs don't even exist in this one. And Fizzgig is fine. Fizz like, he's is, indestructible. Fizzgig saves the day. Mostly, he's yes, he does. pretty competent in this right. film. Uh, Fizzgig is, is indestructible. He is the bravest character out of the film, arguably. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe right below Kira. Yeah, Kira's pretty. Kira, I think, is number with one, and then, and then Fiske is a, is directly below mm-hmm. Jen, bottom of the list. Oh, yeah. completely. I think Chamberlain oh, so has more of a brave arc than than Jen yeah. does. Chamberlain like strikes out on his own. He's yeah. breaking down barriers. He's leaning in. Chamberlain has a plan, and Jen just goes literally wherever people tell him to. Yeah, Chamberlain sounds like a, Rover. Yeah, he is a follower, and Chamberlain is a leader. Jen is like when you play a really shitty RPG mm-hmm. that it's just fetch quests. Jen is Mystic Quest, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, and <laughs> Kira is like fucking Final Fantasy VI. Like that's yeah. what it is. That's what the difference between these two is. Okay, this plot, which again, 
every time we say the word plot for this film, just air quotes the yeah, whole because yeah. yeah. there really isn't a plot. Yeah. Um. So it opens with what? 20 minutes uh, of exposition? It feels like 20 minutes Voice, of exposition. Voiceover exposition. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's not 20 because this movie is actually only 80 minutes long. That's true. Or something like it that. It feels yeah. like a no, lot No, that's what I said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it it feels, felt like 20 minutes. Because feels I remember like 20 minutes. We were sitting there going, is this guy going to stop talking nope. ever? No. Nope. I think, so this movie cost, what, $15 million to make? Change. Chump change. Well, in 82, I mean, that's that's a yeah. that's, that's pretty fast. Like chunk. I think the voiceover artist was like $5 million, And they were like, <laughs> we got to get our money's worth with this right. dude. It had the storytelling vibe of a Princess Bride style thing, but without the charming grandfather mm-hmm. that you cared about his voiceover. Or the dipshit kid from the Wonder Years. Fuck that kid. <laughs> Isn't it also Peter Falk is... Peter Falk the, is it's the Columbo. Yeah, it's Columbo. <laughs> yeah. Without Columbo or Dan Savage. And he or was not basically... Dan Savage. Fred, Fred Savage. Savage. Dan Savage and the Princess Bride would be an entirely different movie, which I don't know. That might be an interesting movie. I think it would have worked. Yeah, but I like to I like to pretend that it's actually Columbo in uh, Princess Bride, and he's just come home from like roughing up punks oh, or whatever. Man. Yeah, what if you Columbo? guys talking to his grandkid, and it's like rumpled like yeah. uh, rain raincoat or yeah, whatever trench coat, trenchy yeah. raincoat thing. But it always looks like he's been standing in the rain for an extended yeah. Yeah. period of time. Oh, he's so rumpled. I mean, that's that's Columbo. Why is he he's so rumpled. Why is, is he Radagast? What's his problem? Right? I don't know. Man, uh, Columbo references. There's going to be a whole bunch of people listening to this podcast who have no idea what that is. But there's like one There's like one woman that's just like, oh, shit, Mystic Quest and Columbo? These guys are speaking my language. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> there's one, there is one person out there that's like getting all these references. They're like, oh, these guys are on fire tonight. I will point out that our Wikipedia description takes all... 20 minutes of voiceover and distills it into a single sentence. Yeah. A yep. thousand years ago on the planet Thra, a magical crystal cracked and two new races appeared. The malevolent Skeksis, who use the power of the dark crystal to continually <laughs> replenish themselves, mm. and kind wizards called mystics. Done. Yeah. The voiceover is done. Right. The movie is 10 minutes shorter. Yeah. I. You know what? They could have just read that sentence and just been like, boom, now you're caught up. Because if there's one right. thing that children love, it's ten minutes of exposition at the children, beginning of the film. It, it, children <laughs> nothing keeps their attention. Exposition by by a vaguely boring British man I'm talking a, at them for ten minutes. I'm an adult. I checked out after like this third sentence. I was just like, I don't, I don't care about this. I started thinking about soup or whatever. You know, I mean, like, hungry. <laughs> was, yeah. Right. So I, anyway, you know. So the world goes tits up when uh, the Skeggsies take over, and so it goes from this lush green paradise to to this weird, terrible land that yeah, it's a lot of desert. I feel like there's like we get some swamps, some bogs. How you does know, later. anyone live on this planet? It's like mountains and volcanoes and desert. The expedition gets done, and I think this is actually we when we see Jen. When yes. we see Jen, he's naked in a garden. <laughs> Playing a flute. Jan Aniston, right? Jan yes. Aniston, who yeah, is the, the main I mean, his character. hair, it's kind of it's that Jan Aniston cut. It's yeah, got that cut. Yeah. It's real silky. I feel real like, straight. honestly, I feel like, if anything, Jan Aniston based her hair off of his, mo- his off of hair Jen, from this movie. Off of Jen the Gelfling? Yeah, yeah, off of Jen the Gelfling. Oh, uh, she went in, and like a lot of people go in now, and they're like, oh, you know, give me, like, or give me not, the not now, but in the back 90s. then, they, it was the Rachel. Give me the, oh, give yeah, me the yeah, Rachel. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rachel. 
Uh, but she went into her hairstylist in like the like mid late nineties. Was like, I want the Gelfling cut. Can you imagine yeah. how different our society would have been if people were like, oh, I want the Monica, and like everybody <laughs> was just going around with bobs in the nineties? No, <laughs> nobody wants the Monica. Sorry. Exactly. Oh snap! A real I'm life calling out into friends it. from from fifteen years ago. Hey, well, I just read an article These today podcasts. that talked about friends being basically the downfall of Western civilization. In the oh. last few years, and I, it, it made some good points. But where does go. Caroline in the City fall on this Ooh. spectrum? Oh my! Yes. Oh, the sexy world of cartoonery. Yes, <laughs> yes it was I vaguely supposed to be. It was supposed. To, I feel like it was supposed to be a thinly veiled biopic story, basically of the woman who does Kathy. What? I think so. I think you're no, right. Because I feel what? like her cartoon was about like her mm -hmm. life and her frustrations with romance and work. And it was like, oh, so you made a sitcom out of Kathy, basically. Oh, <laughs> anybody? For real, I think that's I, true. I, I, that's yeah. what it felt like. No, I'm course. pretty sure that's true, though. I don't, that's crazy to me because I don't remember scenes in, in Caroline in the City where she's just eating chocolate like and an insane person. pulling her hair out of her head. <laughs> and just yelling, ack, 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 ack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kathy. Oh. oh, Kathy. Oh, man, so many relevant references in the past three minutes. Man, we are killing it with our references. We are right. so topical with our hot takes. That same woman's just like, oh, man, going on with Caroline in the City? Oh, this is my favorite podcast. Five stars. I love this imaginary woman. <laughs> so this is like, this is probably our, like our a 40-something-year-old woman who with, lives with a lot of cats, maybe? Shut up. I have been no. here for all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> I have one cat. Yes, she, she has at least one cat, and that's cool. Yeah. All right, we want cat ladies listening to our podcast. <laughs> I don't want to like turn off our demographic of right. that one person. If um, cat ladies is your target audience, no judgment. Yeah. Uh, so back to the naked flute playing. Yes. Oh my God, because we this movie is based on so much naked flute playing. So many naked puppets. There's a lot of naked puppets in this film. This um, is only rated PG. Yeah. Well, that's they why they have no puppets zero. Dick. There are zero defining characteristics about their body. It's like his body is just one smooth piece of flesh, basically. There's like no openings except his eyes, mouth, and nose. Yes. Uh, and it. like a Ken doll looks at Jen and is just like, oh, look at this poor guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, like he has zero definition. He's just a like. A flesh toned from, Kermit the Frog. A, yeah, yeah, he's he a is. flesh toned Kermit, exactly. <laughs> And Except not made out of felt. Right. And he's just sitting by the lake playing his flute. He could me. he could be, yeah. Yeah, I could he's see that. Soft. Like there's a there's a velvetiness to his skin that I think might be yeah. might be a little felted. I feel like if you touched him, he'd be he'd be soft. Yeah, touch that yeah, gelfling. Yeah, touch that gelfling. You don't want to touch a gelfling. That's that's offensive. And let's and let's I mean, just for a moment, let's talk about that word. Gelfling. Gelfling. It's all of the like, all of the words in this movie are insane. But Gelfling, also, every time I say it, it makes me feel like I should be hawking up a loogie at the same time. <laughs> as soon as you said, think about the word Gelfling, I was like, oh, I don't it want to. It makes your gorge I rise. Don't want yeah. to. It's the moist of these puppets' Ugh. names. <laughs> it's like a word Ugh. that I don't want to say Gelfling more than I have to. Right. But we're going to have to say it so, so much. So many times. Gelfling, Skegsies, 
All of these words are just gibberish. Yep. Um, Skeksis sounds Skeksis? dirty to me. Yeah, Skeksis, Skeksis. It sounds like it sounds like skeet skeet. Oh, wow. From that... the crystal to the floor. <laughs> to the lava? Oh. To the lava? To the shaft? Okay. So you yeah. You call it a shaft. So yeah. after the oh the shaft. Um, so after, after the naked flute playing, it goes back, it goes back to the Skeggsies. Well, I mean, we do, he goes, he goes to see his master. Yeah, he goes to see his master and. Who's dying. Who's dying. And I am, I am like 99% sure that this whole scene, Frank Oz, when they were working on Return of the Jedi, which comes out a year later, Mm -hmm. they're probably like, Lucas is talking with people or they're writing the scene where Yoda dies and he's telling stuff to Luke. And I think Frank Oz is like, hey, I've got a great idea for how this scene can go. And he basically just straight up up lifts it from the Dark Crystal right into Return of the Jedi. And Lucas is like, oh, that sounds great. And and you got to think somewhere Henson like sees Return of the Jedi and is like, hey, wait wait a minute. I just did that (laughs) because it's this whole thing where you know his master, master, who's the leader of the mystics, tells him, you know, oh, when we rescued you, when the Skeksis killed all the rest of the Gelflings, yeah, because all of his people are dead. Yeah, all of his people have been killed, but there's a prophecy supposedly that the The Gelflings will somehow defeat the Skeksis, and that's why the mystics have protected him. Mm -hmm. And he reveals to him that oh. There's the crystal that got cracked, and that's when the mystics and the Skeksis appeared, you know? And But the, that is the reason why everything's gone to shit in this planet. Yeah. So you need to go find the missing shard of the dark crystal and reunite the two pieces, and then everything will be hopefully great again. I mean, the mystics are like, we think this will work, <laughs> but it's like they don't really know for sure. So his master tells him this, and then almost immediately dies. dies. Mm-hmm. And he does the Fully whole dies. vanishing blanket falls exactly the same as when Yoda dies. I will say the one real difference between the two scenes is that we know Yoda as a character well, sure. and therefore mm-hmm. care about him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Whereas in this movie, we're still only like 10 minutes into the movie. The voiceover has ended. They finally decided, okay, we've had enough voiceover exposition, so let's switch to Dying Master exposition. Yeah. It gives a little bit more. Well, let's also talk about the mystics for a second because these are basically what, like, the saddest brontosauruses you've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, they're like <laughs> hunchback, like, brontosaurus-looking guys. <laughs> With they're all arms. Like, and they're all like dowdy and like you know like f- like frumping along. <laughs> it's like that donkey in Winnie the Pooh as a brontosaurus. <laughs> oh, Eeyore. Eeyore, Eeyore that's the brontosaurus. I mean, my yeah. favorite character. Your favorite from Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh character. <laughs> Dave is Eeyore. Yeah. Aww, because Eeyore. he lost his tail and he's really sad about it. Mm-hmm. Or he might lose his tail and he's really sad about I it. Yeah, I thought he was like all pinned on or whatever. Yeah, I know. No, it is. Not, extra, no, I mean it's pinned on to make sure. But he's also, he's just the eternal pessimist, which I am also generally an eternal pessimist. That makes sense. Which is why you don't like this movie, because this movie is the heart of optimism. (laughs) So the, okay, so the the mystics uh, have been raising Jen for his whole life. He's what, like, so it's been a thousand years since the crystal spoiled. No one knows. Nobody knows how old this kid is. So let's say, let's say he's like, whatever, like 15, right? Yeah, I would say... 
15, 15 to 20, sure. somewhere yeah. in the upper teens. That means that there have been at least 15 years they could have fucking told him about this goddamn prophecy right. and gotten him off his ass. Instead, the master's like, I'm going to tell him right before I die. And let's say that Jen doesn't cut his naked flute playing sesh short because, like, he's jamming out or whatever. Then the, his master dies, yep. and there's no movie that happens. <laughs> because Sitting Jen's... on a riverbank. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, also just, it's so funny, too, because I'm like, is... I love how it's, he's, like, all, like, naked flute playing in the garden, but then yeah. when he goes to talk to his master, oh, I'll put on some clothes, you know, and it's like, but it's just like, oh, wait, all right, you know, nor, ah, flute playing, gotta do this naked, apparently. I always play my flute naked. Well. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> you don't want to get flute all over you. Right, exactly. Um, you must be flexible, too, man. That is, oh, that is yeah. a mess. That is a... <laughs> That is a mess. I think also before the mystic dies, I think he tells him about Agra, who's yeah. This, well, he sends him on his quest. He sends him like, on his quest go talk to talk to this. find the shard. Yeah, it's in the possession of this person named Agra. Named Agra. Who will meet later? Okra. Yes. Okra. 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 Pride. Okra. So slimy. He's going to. He's going to point you on your quest. And I think at one point, uh, I think I think it's right before we come back to the Skeksis, but that's yeah. where we get his his internal turmoil, where he's like, "Oh, I don't know." It's like, "I don't know if I can go alone." Okay, I'll just I guess I'll just go alone. Yeah. And I was like, "What? Why? Why are we doing this?" Cool monologue. I'm glad you've made that decision in front of us. It could have all happened off camera. Yeah, he could have just been on his like quest or something. But then the movie wouldn't have been yeah. long enough. Uh, isn't it also there's something about like the three because this planet has three suns and the alignment is coming. Yes. And if so, the Skeksis do some sort of ritual, they'll rule forever. Yeah. They yeah. do it. And so that's why he's gotta the make the crystal whole is when the, before that the, happens. Yeah. You know, you'd really never guess there's any sort of urgency at all to yeah. the plot line. Oh my god. From the way the story progresses. Everybody. And the, well the pacing of the movie too. The pacing like, of the movie is so slow. Everybody in this movie moves incredibly slowly it's insane to me how it's like there's this very serious cosmic happening that's going on and nobody gives a shit because everybody is taking their sweet ass time the entire film to be fair i don't know if the mystics can move any faster than they do in this movie it just i guess not i think it i think it also possibly has to do with uh i don't think they could have actually physically moved faster because um, I was reading about some behind-the-scenes stuff mm. and talks about a lot of the costumes. And apparently, like, the Mystics were the hardest ones of all of them to perform. Mm. And the actors had to walk on their haunches, basically, with their right arm extended forward with the full weight of the head on that one arm. Oh, uh, Jim Henson himself, apparently, could only hold position in a Mystic costume for five to ten seconds. So, wow. how many takes they had Hundreds to do to get a, all of the Mystic footage for a for a minor scene? Hundreds of takes. I know, but oh I mean, but the Mystics. God. There's a lot of shots of them. Eventually, we'll get there. But I mean, there's lots of shots of them like walking across the landscape. Yeah, all as a unit. And and it's like, how many takes do they have to do if these people so, could do it for like, all right, we can do like thirty seconds, and we gotta stop. So many. And then we got to do like another 30 seconds or something. We got to stop. And they're involved in costumes. They can't get yeah. out of those costumes. Yeah. That's horrifying. I don't want to think about that. Being? I feel upset when I'm on set and have to wear Spanx for more than 14 hours. <laughs> that, oh my God, that cannot be yeah. good. Ooh. 
Gross. Yeah. So anyway, you know, so I mean, yes. So Being a puppeteer sounds terrible. Awful? Yeah. It sounds horrible. Especially the ones that have to do the giant creatures, because right. those costumes are really fucking heavy. Uh, Doug Jones is, mm. right? Doug Jones? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. long-fingered guy. I have more respect for him than I do most actors. <laughs> like... Like, I'm sorry, but DiCaprio and his, he's like, oh, I really need an Oscar, so I'll get, like, attacked by this bear and crawl around and moan for two hours. <laughs> I'm just like, take that away from him. Give it to Doug Jones, because, like, he's doing all this heavy lifting, all this, like, crazy makeup. Lots of I thought Doug Jones was played the bear. Oh, I, I hope Could so. Have been. He or did. Andy Serkis, I'm not sure. I didn't see one the movie, of those guys so... played the bear, but and it... they did a great job. <laughs> that bear was bear great. Was great. Real bad for that bear. Honestly, after having watched that film, I really wish the bear would have won. Because I hated The Revenant. I'm calling <laughs> you out, see it, The so. Revenant. Yes. Calling everybody out. Didn't see it. Finally, he's off on his adventure. Yep. Or no, 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 actually, no. Because no, he sits yet. around <laughs> and he's got to think about it yep. for a while. In but another voiceover. In another voiceover. Yep. So instead, we go over to the Skeggsies. Yes. And we see, okay, the El Jefe has died. And they're going to have a competition to see who's going to be the new ruler. Oh, and of note for later, I mean, it's a thing that happens in the movie, is that the master dies and the emperor dies at the, the, same, at the time. same time. What? Ooh. I bet that won't come back in an important way ever. Right? Yeah, I'm all. sure that doesn't tie in anything. No. Everybody's getting called out. Anyway, so we go back to the Skeggsies. Back to the Skeggsies. Their emperor, you know, he dies. So now it's like they we need gotta... to elect a new emperor. Emperor, yeah. And the two main candidates are the Chamberlain, right, and the general. Now the Chamberlain's character boils down to that he says, "Hmm." And that's basically basically it. it. That's his entire character. He'll maybe say uh, like a sentence, but it always ends with a. Well, and the Chamberlain is obviously played by Grover Monster from Sesame Street. Yeah, right? Because when he does talk, he's like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a weird... Like, so the Skagsies are these, like, weird, like, bird creatures. They're, like, they're like bird skeletons, sort of. I think just of. bird skeletons. Yeah. Very well designed. Incredibly yeah. designed. very creepy looking. Mm-hmm. This movie is um, a vehicle for how beautiful it is. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. That's the... So that's the thing. They did a terrific job designing most mm-hmm. most of the creatures, and we'll get to the the I think because the Gelflings, yeah, they're yeah. they're very nondescript. Most of the creatures are all very cool, very interesting mm-hmm. designs. It's per, it's beautiful. Well, I think this is one point where we can talk a little bit about that design. Uh, Brian Froud, yes, Brian Froud, Froud Froud. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I think it's Froud. Bri- yeah, it's Froud. Yeah. Oh, like insurance oh. Froud. Yes, insurance fraud. Pronounced exactly <laughs> like insurance fraud. I know, because I've looked this up. I love Brian Froud. He's excellent. He looks like a crazy wizard. Mm. His hair is super long. His beard is super long. Mm. Him and Alan Moore cast spells together. I'm positive. Oh. Or they're, wa- they're rivals. Alan Moore is the or morally they're actually evil the same wizard. person. All of our points are oh punctuated. Yes, like exactly. That. So Brian Froud, Brian Froud is the father of the baby from Labyrinth. Yes, what? the baby from Labyrinth. Toby, Toby Froud. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Toby his birth name or? Nope, Toby oh. was his birth okay, name. Okay, cool. He's a real human being who's right. my age. He's a real and boy. Has done, real and boy. has done a YouTube parody of that scene in Labyrinth. 
Oh my Wait, gosh. but he's an adult now? Yeah, he's my age. I mean, he's but he's playing himself as an adult. No, he's playing some of the puppets. They use a doll for the baby. Oh, I but he's see. No, I think that that's a cop out. I think that that he should have dressed up as the baby. If he's the, in the baby in Labyrinth, he should have been playing the baby in that scene. The way they pick their leader is is somehow worse than the way that we pick our <laughs> leaders. Right? Somehow they have a gigantic stone. Although, although, I, I do have to say, I mean, okay, yes, it's nice that we get to vote, but there is a part of me that would like to see Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have to just hack at a giant stone with ornate swords until you know one what? of them breaks the stone, and that means they're the new president. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they, so yeah, it's a giant so stone. hot takes is in this, <laughs> in this takes. podcast. There's this giant stone, and they have these they really fucking ornate swords. They're and very pretty swords. And a frustrating thing for me, all right, we're these, like, evil, evil beings, mm-hmm. and we've got these awesome, ornate, gnarly-looking swords, but no, we're not going to use them on each other. We're just going to hit this stone, because... Yeah, because children's movie, I guess. Because children's movie. I guess. I wonder if that is why, because it always struck me as weird that it's not a trial by combat. Oh, yeah, combat. because... I had not seen this movie in so long, so when I saw it this time, they got the swords, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, there's this duel, and they're going to fight yep. each other, and then I'm like, and then they bring the stone out, and I'm like, oh, wait, what? That's oh, ex- it's exactly shit. what I thought, because I, I forgot about this scene, too, because it's so inconsequential, really. It's sort of a duel? Yeah. Sort of? Like Here's the thing that drives really... me crazy. Uh, this is the only time in this entire fucking movie that anybody has any weapons. Yeah. The entire film... Oh, there's one point at the very end, which we'll get to. Right. Okay. Yeah. But there's one other time. Yep. Jen is going on this dangerous quest to go against the rulers of this planet. He doesn't even have a fucking knife. He gets incapacitated by vines that you could easily hack your way out of. You had literally anything with you. A fucking pocket knife. No. Nobody has anything. And I'm just like, what what kind of adventurers are you? He literally made the decision to go on a quest and left right away. He took nothing with him. Not even a lunch. He took his fucking flute. His weird, like, Y-shaped flute. (laughs) What was he doing with the mystics? He calls that guy his master, but Jen is such... He doesn't know how to do Anything. anything. What was he training nothing. him to do? What was he training him to do at all? Obviously anything. nothing. Obviously maybe, it's flute playing. Maybe maybe we maybe we are like misinterpreting oh, master too, and maybe maestro. Maybe Jen. No, maybe that could be it. But also, I mean, maybe Jen was just like, was he their slave? Did he like cook and clean for them? Oh, is this like a massa? Is, is this like how people, how people used to refer to Michael Jackson as master? I mean, yeah. like, mm. is it this kind of? Is it like a Neverland thing? Did they? Because these guys—I don't know if they did. Oh, I thought I, I, I thought was maybe just they making did. a pedophile joke. <laughs> I well, I understood—I didn't know it was oh. a joke. I thought maybe it was pedophile truth. It's, it's oh, I mean, those mystics—you never know. They burned Neverland down, so we could never find out what happened. I don't know if that's true. Conspiracy. I don't know if any of this is true. <laughs> I'm just hot takes all over the place. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, by hot takes, you mean lies. My, <laughs> I thought that's what we meant by hot takes, right? Oh. I was obviously. I was lying. Mina Savar is the most beautiful woman ever across the face of the earth. I feel like that's obvious. <laughs> Calling you out, Suvari. <laughs> me and you. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Suvari. <laughs> Get it, me. Get it. Okay, so so Chamberlain loses the stone battle yep. because he doesn't hit a stone hard enough. 
There's no rules to this no stone rules. battle. There, I don't know. I still don't know what the actual I, rules are. I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like even at the end, it was the general because the stone has obviously been used for this before because it's got all kind of gouges and stuff out of it. So when j- the general wins, he like busts it. He like breaks the stone in half, basically. But I don't think that's what you have to do to win because this stone has definitely been used for this before. So I'm like, what is like what if he didn't break it? Who decides who wins? It's like. Who hits it hardest? Who makes the deepest gouge? Who knows? And There's not even a little, like, light that goes up to a bell at the top. Like, right? we have at like the Like a carnival. string test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think that would be a much better way of doing yeah. it. It would be it would be instantly recognizable. The audience would understand. But mm-hmm. no, no consideration is given to that whatsoever. No, so instead, so Chamberlain loses. And because mm-hmm. the stone breaks in half, I guess, they're like, oh, well, the stone's broken. So they strip him of his clothes. And I thought they were murdering him. Because they all descend on him and start tearing at him, and then it's just like, oh no, he's just naked. Because we obviously we had didn't have enough puppet nudity yet yep. in this movie. And and they, and this is and this is probably the most horrifying puppet nudity. Oh yeah, that we get. Yeah, he's basically. I mean, because the the Skeksis with no clothing basically look like a plucked chicken. With a yep. lot of breasts. But with, like, they some breasts. And have then they, like they also of... have, like, they've got, like, forearms, but they've got, like, big arms with their four, like, their second pair of arms are, like, really tiny and little. Yeah, they got, like, little T Rex arms. Yeah, yeah. In addition to their, like, normal arms. Again, evocative design. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know how much sense it makes, but. Oh. Nightmare fuel for children, for sure. Oh, my God. This entire, oh, this entire thing is nightmare fuel. No nightmares really? ever. 100% no, but I can definitely see a lot of children having some yeah, nightmares. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's like, this movie fucked me up for years. <laughs> well, uh, I had nightmares yes. about the first Ghostbusters movie for like nightmares. a while well, as a child. That definitely, that has some legitimate scary parts in it. It was, the, it was the ghost dog. Yeah, that, the like, ghost those, dog. Those like creepy ass dogs that Oh yeah, the dogs. Them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those freaked me out, man. I had nightmares about Jurassic Park. Oh yeah? Yep, dino nightmares. Aw. The T-Rex biting the car and the whole oh, yeah. glass with the water That thing. first T-Rex scene is is scary. It's really yeah. scary. Yeah. So Mom anyway, McDonald's. they banish the Chamberlain. Yeah. Like they, they don't kill him. They just banish him. Naked, throw him out of the Skeksis castle. But the Chamberlain is hanging out long enough that he gets to see their, like, crystal news hallucination broadcast thing. Yeah. Where they see, oh man, there's a Gelfling that's still that's alive. Still alive. And he's, Uh-oh. like, crawling around uh, in the mountains and stuff. So they summon their army of Mirelurks to go yep. and, like, get him. And they're in these, like, for people that aren't, like, Fallout fans, in, just in case our, like, one yep. demographic person's <laughs> like, well, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, I know, but I don't know what the hell Fallout is. Right. Uh, they're just, like, giant crab monsters. Yep. There's uh, these big black things that have got claws and a whole bunch of legs. Big black crabs. Uh, I think they're called, they call them the Gartham, is what they're called in the movie, I think. I, yeah. I have no yes, idea. Yes, the Gartham. Yeah. And, mm. um, the Garth th- Brooks. Th- these are... <laughs> and so, yeah, these are basically the Skeksis, like, I guess, shock troops, basically, that they send out. To Minions. Do yeah. their bidding. Yeah, yeah. Their muscle. Yeah, yeah. Hench, hench crabs. Yeah. Hench crabs. Hench crabs. I feel like hench they look crabs. like roaches. Mm. Roaches was always the... Okay. Or something beetle-like. I just have played so much Fallout yeah. that the first thing, like, especially now, since I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, I was like, right away, I was like, oh, Mirelurks. They look exactly like Mirelurks. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're very similar. Then they, like, they have, because they have the weird ritual with the thing, and it's also like, there's this part where all the Skeksis are staring at the crystal, and there's, like, ah. lasers shooting into yep. their eyes while they see the vision. And it's like, they got a good deal on some group LASIK surgery, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like why a, they have the crystal. That's why they... 
here's the other thing. So this crystal controls their civilization. It gives them their power. They restore them to health. All this stuff. Very important stuff, right? It's dangled directly over an active volcano the entire time. It's literally just hanging above lava this entire movie. I Why the that, fuck um, would you do that? Because my understanding was always that the magic came from the combination of the volcano and the crystal. Oh. Like the crystal acts as a prism. And because it's not whole, that's why the prism is sort of busted. Okay. Well, but again, I can see that. I've had thirty years to think about. The I mean, that's never. That's never. Crystal. It's never explained in the no, movie. So no, I there's something perfectly valid headcanon right there. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I have a lot of headcanon about yeah. the dark crystal. I just thought I was like those people that are like, oh, I have, I bought this brand new computer. I'm gonna set it on the very edge of my couch and then jump and sit down on my couch. Like that's oh, basically what people. I thought the Skeksis were like. <laughs> No, like, no joke. There are people that are like that. There are people that, like, I, that I have spent a a lot of time with, uh, years of my life, that would often get new, delicate electronics, place it on the edge of stuff, and then treat all of their things really badly. And I was the crazy person for being like, don't put this on the edge of stuff when you're <laughs> about to move it. Like, As a clumsy person, you need to be so careful. Yeah. Don't set liquids next to things. <laughs> Don't set things on anything that wiggle or move oh or do anything. Yeah. Just it's... stay seated or supine yes. constantly. So I could easily see them just being like, we need a place for a crystal. We got this volcano. Boom. This is Ooh, perfect. Ooh, and the light shines through so <laughs> nicely. It's so pretty. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of the last we see of the Skeksis. We go back to Jen, who's on his... West. journey yeah. to find Agra and just climb uh, around on some rocks climb on some rocks and then vines. vines vines and then just vines like like short seven second videos just yes. emerge out of nowhere and completely distract him <laughs> damn. for hours and hours and hours damn Jen when'd you get those shoes damn Jen <laughs> rocking it again with the sneaky vines with yeah. the naked flutes. The naked and he's distracted flutes. by the videos and then actual vines and actual grab vines. him. <laughs> and again, easily... You know, if he had a knife... Easy, yeah. Like, any, like literally, if he just had a sharp rock that he picked up climbing around the mountains, he could have very easily gotten out of this. But instead, of course, because Jen is completely fucking useless, mm -hmm. he is just trapped. Yep. No! I'm so trapped in these vines! And then... So then... Okra, Agra, yes. Okra, Pride Okra. Okra. Okra shows up, yep. and she's very, very strange, very strange looking. Horrifying. She pulls her eye out so she can like look at him, but if she would have literally just turned her head at least a little bit, she would have easily just look seen up. him. Just she's look up. He's literally right there. Oh, she's like a dog. She can't look up. Oh, uh, she can't so look she, up. Instead okay, of, dogs instead can of look up. <laughs> Instead of looking up, this woman decides to pull her eye out yep. and hold it up about two feet so she can see this guy. It's so much effort. I'm like, that's I, a lot. Yeah, I just look up. Maybe her neck really hurts, but her eye socket is totally fine. She's like, it's it's better for me to just pull this out and put it back in. And guys, like, all right, we we've got to talk about Agra. I mean, because okay. I mean, again, <laughs> this this movie, the design. It's great. It's really great design. Gorgeous. Brian Froud, classic artist. Proud? All the books of like fairies and things that he's done over you know, the years and labyrinth. I'm really, and... I'm really proud yeah. to be an American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I know I'm. So I mean, and that's the thing about this movie that I just feel as as we were watching it, I was like, this movie is so visually Feeling? great. Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. production design, yeah. everything is so 
intricate and excellently done and very creative. And it's just like you just wish that the story could be just a little bit better, just a little bit less yep. straightforward derivative. You know? Exactly. It's yeah. not even that the plot needs to be better. It's that the plot needs to be something. Yeah, they literally, literally just took the description of a plot, exposition, inciting incident, rising action, climax. Yeah. Like they literally mm-hmm. just took grade school plot description Done. diagram yep. and that was it. Yeah. The other thing about Angra is she got some hard nips. Oh, yes. lopsided hard nips. Lopsided <laughs> hard like, nips. I thought that's where you were going. And then you're like, oh, I, no, we're, we're actually having a conversation. Well, no, what I was going to say like, is, like, I mean, the design is really cool. Augur is a very unique and interesting-looking like, face cool and everything. character. But it's just, like, for their choice earlier to be like, oh, Jen is naked as a Gelfling, and there's, like, no definition of anything on his body whatsoever. Nothing. But, no, Augur, we're going to make sure that she's got some... Pretty like large, saggy yep. breasts. Yeah, that have that have fully erect, super nipples. erect nipples yep. that are visible in basically every shot she's in. If you Google image Agra from this movie, every picture has erect nipples. In yeah, it, which is insane because this is a puppet. So that was intentional. That was someone's decision. Somebody's like, we got a sculpt. Wait, wait, something, something's wrong. I'm looking at these dailies, nipples. Agra, need, we need to add some rock hard nipples. But, but Mr. Henson, are you sure? Does another like line of coke, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, give her some yeah. hard nips." Little known fact: that designer was Joel Schumacher. Yeah, <laughs> extraneous nipples on everything. everywhere. This is, this nipples is on every break. Mm-hmm. Nipples on the wall. Nipples on the ceiling. Nipples on the floor. Just nipples. Just nipples. It's nipples all the way down. Wall to wall nipples. It's like the escalation of a serial killer, really. Mm, you start his nipple with escalation. The, you start with the semi-concealed puppet nipples, yep. and yep. you escalate to fully visible latex. Yep. infused bat, bat nipples. nipples. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the movie that he did with Tigerland, the war movie, very interesting Vietnam war movie, but the entire time I was just like, why is everybody's nipples out? <laughs> There's so many nipples in this war movie. Yeah. Just, just like ice them a little bit. You know, I love that take. The acting was perfect. Just kind of up. Do everything the same, but... Just, just tweak them just, just a little just, bit. Just, just a little pinch. Just a little pinch. <laughs> Well, I like guess you're we... tuning that AM radio dial. Come on, come on. Guys, Quentin Tarantino puts feet in every movie. True. Joel Schumacher's <sighs> got to put nips in every movie. You know, great, great filmmakers, they, they know what they like. Yep. Hot take, Uma Thurman's feet are disgusting. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Out of everybody that so we've gross. called out on this podcast, Quentin Tarantino is the one that is most likely to come and fight us. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, when no. this comes out, like a week later, <laughs> QT is going to show up and he's going to be like, Heard you guys talk about Uma's feet. And we were like, no. Ah, Tarantino. And he's like, I brought Sam Jackson. Those crazy me. eyes. <laughs> Does he? Do we get a phone call at least in warning? Seven days. Like, Seven days, motherfucker. Are you done fucked up now? No, Sam Jackson. No. I love you, the Avengers. Agra and her hard nips bring Jen into her like secret. Uh, what is it? Like, Astrolabe? Yeah, it's... Orrery or whatever It's like a planetarium yeah. that yeah. she lives inside of because there's planets orbiting and stuff. It's yeah. like she lives inside fucking Cosmo Canyon, basically, from yeah. Final Fantasy mm-hmm. Seven. And uh, our demographics Final like, Fantasy ref- Oh, reference. they busted out those Final Fantasy Seven. No, guys? she played six, but she did not play seven. Uh, oh, that's where she stopped. She's yeah. like, I'm not buying a PlayStation. Maybe she had a kid. Uh, Who knows? We love you, yeah. target audience. Oh, she's know. got a kid and a bunch of cats. So she's inside Cosmo Canyon with her hard nips, and she's just, 
nobody in this world talks straight. Nobody says, right. nobody, it's all riddles. It's all just like these things. And I'm like, again, guys, we're on a deadline. The, yeah. the suns are aligning and these evil bird creatures are going to control the entire world if this one dumbass doesn't get right. doesn't like figure out what's going on but instead they're just like ooh all these riddles it can't just be like here's the here's the here's the this is it this is the crystal yeah. shard because auger basically she's like oh you here for about a shard you want a shard and she's like here here's a whole bunch of shards and she just basically dumps out like 12 shards it's like she's like you got to figure out which one is which she Have broke fun. all of grandma's crystal she yeah. broke all of it uh it's like the shittiest version of the knight templar from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade <laughs> right. that you will ever see. I would also compare it to another fucking nostalgia pick, Return to Oz, mm. when she has to go through and set her hands on everything and say Oz in order to find the scarecrow locked inside an emerald. This is another mid-80s terrifying children's movie. Oh, yep. man. My wow. favorite genre of film. <laughs> <laughs> so as a child, you were just constantly terrified. Oh, well, I wasn't scared. Oh, that's she right. Wasn't <laughs> that's, that's right. You weren't that's, scared by anything. That's the problem. You were one of those children. Ah, yes. You were <laughs> the just like... weird children. You're like, what am I going to watch today? Dark Crystal? Halloween? Friday the 13th? I don't know. Friday the 13th was in the mix. Halloween. Yeah. Halloween was not. Friday the 13th was. <laughs> Which one? Friday the 13th is Jason, right? Yeah. No, that's Freddy. Oh, it's no, no, no. That oh, no. Nightmare Sorry, on that's Elm Street, Nightmare everybody. on Elm Street. On. Get your horror film straight, motherfuckers. I'm thinking of Nightmare on Elm Street was on the table, Friday the 13th, and Halloween came later. To be yeah. fair, they did fight each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I can see the confusion. I mix up Alien and Predator all the time. Um, so anyway, she gives him all these fucking shards. And he plays his flute. Yeah, he eventually's like, oh, maybe if I play the flute, it'll reveal itself And to the me. crystal glows. Yeah. Uh, uh, how did he know uh, to do that? I know. Or he's just like, this is the only thing I'm good at, and there has to be a reason why it's I'm It's the only thing he can do. The only thing Jen can do is play that goddamn flute. Sweet. So he must be useful. Yep. He yep. gets the crystal, and then, but of course, while this is happening, uh, Agra does this thing that she does often in this film, and I wonder if this is from the puppeteer or something. But she stoops down and takes like, and looks like she's taking a big old I mean, shit. She squats. Yeah. She squats down and it's like apparently how she just sits, but the vocalizations she makes uh-huh. while she does it, it's like, she's just, just, dude, Jen, she just took a big old dump. She is taking a shit on the floor. <laughs> She is getting swifty while you're picking this crystal out. So he gets the crystal, and like as soon as he has it, the Mirelarks break through the wall of her house. Yep. And they break through the wall of the house, and they start like racking up the place. They get through the wall so easily. The wall is made out of like breadsticks or or (laughs) something. Breadsticks is good. I was going to say grandmother's china. It's like, yeah, she lives in like a gingerbread house. She does. Cookies! She does look like a witch, so I totally believe it. But like at one point, they they go to smash the table that she has, and the table puts up more of a resistance than what her house is made out of. And doesn't Agra also? I mean, we talked about people not having weapons, but I feel like she does. She throws like some sort of like bombs or something at the Gartham, doesn't she? Because she somehow, has, like some sort of magic, like, like potions or fireballs or, or fireballs. something. Fireball. Yeah, because the whole fireball. thing goes up in flames. Because her she she her essentially sets her house. own house on fire. Yep. And uh, Jan is able to escape because he like. Gets there's to, a slide. There's a slide. It's basically a big long slide. And when they show him outside and the house burning in the distance when he comes out of the slide, this slide took him like 
two miles away from yeah, her. Yeah, he house. is miles away. They like pan <laughs> up when he get he gets up, dusts himself off, and it's just like the house is like uh, it's like over the horizon. I'm well, like, you know how there's some dimensions where time functions differently. Mm. In this dimension, the dark crystal dimension, distance functions differently. Could be. So that's why it takes the mystics so long to get to the castle. That's why oh, this God. slide is fucking two miles long. <laughs> oh God, the mystics. Ah, oh, I hated the mystics. Oh, and yeah, just, every so uh, often we cut back to the mystics, and they're still fucking yeah, walking. Yeah, because they they decided they like after Jen leaves. They're starting Instead like of a going pilgrimage. with him to get the crystal and then nope. go face the Skeksis, they're help. just like, well, nope. we're going to go to the castle now on our own. And, well, Jen will he'll just have to do be by himself. It's a good <laughs> thing they didn't go with Jen because they never would have made it. Right. Because they they move incredibly slowly. Like, 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 like old people driving on a Sunday around Christmas time, like impossibly slowly. Another hot take, I think the mystics are the least useful. Mm. I think they're the most incompetent. The Jen, Jen, just a shade above them, just a hair. It's not but surprising that Jen was trained by the mystics because yeah. he's equally useless. They don't do anything no. in this movie except tell Jen the story. And they ch- and that was just one Oh, and one they walk. Of them. Yeah, who, and that was one of them. Who dies right away. Yeah. No, but, I mean, but beyond so their just like else. traveling to the Skeksis well, castle. Well, they also chant they at, a, at, a, at, at a certain time. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God, this movie. Oh, God, this is getting rough, man. So this story just is not good. So Jen, Jen gets story? away. Right. Any of this story. What? Jen gets away, and he meets up with Kira Knightley, who is an old yes. Kira, who is another <laughs> Gelfling. I mean, if you want to be like accurate about it, I don't know. I mean, Kira Knightley kind of has the figure of a Gelfling. Oh, yeah, I mean, she does. she's very elfin. Male yeah, Gelfling. She's, she's Male Gelfling. She's very there, elfin. I, I mean, as far as this movie, we can tell there is zero difference between Kira and Jen. Oh no, so. no. Who knows? Her dress it is, is blousy. Exact... She could be an A cup. It is a... Don't no? discriminate against Kira. Well, what I'm saying well, no, is, I'm just saying it's, it's like they're, 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 they're basically the same to, There appear to be no yes. like differences between differences by yep. in body type like at all between male and female gelflings. Apparently, the only difference between male and female gelflings is that female gelflings are actually really capable. Yes, and <laughs> not completely like worthless. Yeah. Not fucking idiots. Because from the beginning, when we meet her, she's like, she is on top of shit. Yeah. Because he basically well, she rescues him first of all. Yeah. She rescues him from the Myrlurks. Uh, every time he's in danger, Kira and her dog are the ones that save the day. Fizzgig, my favorite character. Uh, Fizzgig, who has no legs, no discernible <laughs> limbs or any kind. He's, he's a, a puff. furry puff that has teeth. But he's got like... Two rows of teeth. He's got like two, two rows, rows of teeth. teeth. So whenever he and opens eyes. his mouth, it's like actually vaguely terrifying. <laughs> and it, his first appearance is vaguely terrifying until Kira calls him off. Because, yep. yeah, Jen, like, like sees him or is like... He pops out of a log. He pops out yeah. of a log right in Jen's face and it's his <laughs> mouth is open. It's like these giant rows of teeth. Yep. Um, but it, so her dog that has no limbs is just teeth and fur. Yep. <laughs> so much more capable than the main character of this film. Yep. But of course, Arguably. but of course, the prophecy of the film is that the is that the Gelfling is going to save the day. Oh, and guess which one it is? It's the fucking worthless one. It's the yep. male Gelfling who's going to save the day. Cool, male Gelfling with a lady name. You know, cool. every because because people talk about this where it, it, this is a thing in modern films where it's like you have this kick-ass female character that comes in and like and is like a 
dominant, wonderful character for the first three quarters of the film, and then the last quarter of the movie, they become completely helpless, and it's up to the 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 dumb male character that they've been saving the whole film. Princess <laughs> Leia. Princess Leia, uh, Trinity from Matrix. Oh my God, you're right. Wild Side in the Lego Movie. Mm -hmm. Like there are oh, yeah. multiple instances of this. I think this might be the. It's this. Maybe it's the second, but it's like one of the early, you know, examples of this trope. Yeah. yeah. Is this film because Kira should have been because he's the fucking chosen one. She right. should have been the fucking. She should have been the chosen one. one. Right. That would have been a much better message. Yeah. And maybe he sacrifices himself to, to save her, and then she fixes the crystal, and then he's alive, Yay. and everybody's happy. Uh, speaking to that trope specifically, sure. do you do you hear us, Gareth Edwards and Rogue One? Yeah, yeah. You better real. not fuck that Jesus up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if, no, they can't, because she's the main fucking if, character. No, Diego, I know. But if Diego Luna turns out to be the one that, like, saves the day at no. the end, no. and she's completely, you like, useless, I'm no. like, no. I'm real pissed. Don't never. screw it up, Lucasfilm. Never. That shot and Disney. The, that shot in the trailer where she's got the she's got like a pistol and she's walking straight out at the Tie Fighter yep. is such an awesome moment that I'm like, oh, just let the movie be like that yep, <laughs> the whole exactly, time. Exactly. So anyway, he meets Kira and she's. She is first is speaking a weird language. Oh, will, and then they oh, mind yeah. uh, Yes, and then well, she, she speaks, can also control animals. We she speaks find out. like she speaks like all of the languages. Mm. She speaks. She's probably fluent in at least six and dabbles in the rest. Because she knows competent. all of the yeah. languages, so yeah. she's got a lot of skills on yeah. her resume. She is the skilled one in this entire. She's the only skilled person in this entire film. Intelligence yeah. fucking twenty. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, they, 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 mind they melds, touch right? hands, and basically they have this, like, telepathic transfer of their memories and whole lives, basically. Mm -hmm. They both find out that, you know, oh, their parents were killed, and they were both spirited away by different people. Like, he was with the mystics, and then she was with these weird potato people. The potato people, yeah. Who we've seen, I think we've already seen them at this point, they're Podlings? also slaves. They're called the podlings. But they're slaves um, to they're the sla there's, they The Skeksis have some as... Slaves, yep. but there's also some that apparently live in this village with Did Kira. anybody else used to make those or do this as a craft ever where you fill pantyhose with uh, teddy bear stuffing and then you can tie string or rubber bands around it to make like a face? No, no. Maybe this is a girl thing. I believe thing. you that that's a thing that yeah. people did. No, this is this. Maybe this is a girl thing. But you were able to make these like homemade oh, dolls, mm. and you would take a pair of pantyhose, mm. and you would okay. stuff the stuffing into them. Mm. That makes and then sense. if you tied like rubber bands or string around the stuffed pantyhose, it'd make a shape. That's what the podlings are. Yeah. Except instead of like hair ties or rubber bands, they, they used real stitching. Well, and apparently, um, huh. the Podlings, Henson and Froud, envisioned them like to be com complete harmony with natural surroundings. So, Froud based their design. He actually did base them on potatoes. Really? Yes. Oh, it, it shows. Clear. He did. It, it shows. And also, yeah. that is and, obvious. Yeah. Also, Proud. Because they were based off of potatoes, they were supposed to have. A whole bunch of eyes everywhere coming out of their heads, but they decided it was too unnerving and disturbing, so they scrapped that idea. Which I was like, "Good idea!" Wow, yeah. they're so old. They this did. movie doesn't need more nightmare fuel. Well, they, so they did have a filter, is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah. There was something that someone was a bridge who was too like, mm, "I think 
children will wake up screaming if we do this. <laughs> That's the craziest thing about the movie is that Sony was like, no, this is too creepy for the right. film. Like, that's do, the part that surprised me. We can't do this. Not 12 eyes. But so, okay, so the reason why they touch hands is because Jen is, when he's attacked by uh, the, the dog, he falls into this, like, mud pit and he's like, ah, and it, like, you're supposed to think that he's, like, sinking, but he... She pulls him out, and he, it's its very shallow. And I'm like, I feel like you could have just stood up. Well, you could have just done that? Cool. Oh, Should've yeah, that's when she, like, talks him. to the weird, like, slug thing yep. that just rises that, up and he's sitting on. And, like, pushes, boosts him up. And I'm like, you could have just stood up, man. And it, then it's, like, it's two babies rise out. And then this is, like, one of the... It, I, I noticed this this time, and I never noticed it before. But there was a cut, like, right after that scene ends when, like, Jen and Kira go off to go to the Podling Village. Mm -hmm. um, you see that creature with its two little babies, and then it cuts back to the Skeksis castle where they're having their, like, disgusting feast. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing you see Ugh. is that creature, one of those creatures, like, roasted on a plate. A baby. Ow. A baby. Clearly yeah. a it's, baby. It's one of the young ones, Ow. and it's the Skeksis are eating them. Ow. Just Ow. in case you weren't sure if they were evil or not. Yeah. yeah. Here's another example. Well, this case is the only human we see eat, and it's all yep. meat. You know, it's all and it's all like glutton. And well, yeah. one thing like that's interesting is also I believe I was reading about how the Skeksis were initially in the process. They were designed after the Seven Deadly Sins. Mm. Oh, but they ended up repeating and doing variations on different sins because they had I think twelve Skeksis total, yeah, something yeah. like that. But I mean, you can definitely see it because the general is obviously wrath. Uh -huh. I think Chamberlain. Which one, I don't was, know which one was Gwyneth Paltrow's head? Right. In a box. Oh. <laughs> well, that would be the general, right? Yeah. yeah she was yeah. wrath. Yeah. No, he. No, Brad he Pitt was, was wrath. wrath. Yes. Brad Pitt was wrath, yep. killing John Doe. Yeah. John Doe was envy. She was something. She was Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. What's in this gagsy? What's in this gagsy? What's in this gagsy? Well, I think More the, no, a puppeteer, a puppeteer. <laughs> yeah. is in the Skeksis. The one, there's also the one Skeksis who's very he's dressed up in he's like very a dressed feather up like boa feather boa and, and stuff. Like so I have a feeling on. he's either like lust, you know, lust Vanity? probably. Ooh. Well, Vanity's not one of the seven deadly sins though. No, but um, pride, pride. Um, I think the chamber uh, for me, Chamberlain, Chamberlain? is. I yeah. think Chamberlain is greed. Mm -hmm. I think he's probably greed. Probably I could see greed that. or envy, maybe. I'm best. And there's at a sloth. fat Skeggsies, right? Yeah, which at the Glutton. table you see him eating a lot, yeah, which is yeah, gluttony, yeah, yeah. obviously. So yeah, I mean, it's if you look at it, and watch it, you can. I'm sure you can pick out which ones are very specific for you. Yep. That that's specific cool. sin. So they're doing the feast, and then that's where they bring Agra in, right? The Myrlurks yep. like drag her in. Yep. And she just like she starts shit talking to him, and then she squats down yeah, and, and lets her shit poop. do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> like right in the center of their like right in the their like throne or the main chamber or whatever. And it's just Which, like it's just like if this were an isolated incident, I'd be like awesome. That shows exactly what you mm -hmm. think of them. Cool. I feel bad for the poor but, slave podlings that like, have to clean that up. Yeah. I mean, like, how much does Agra eat, man? Because she takes a lot of dumps. She takes a lot of... Like, I mean, she's got a lot of fiber her? in her why diet. Why are we body shaming Agra? Oh, no, 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 no. She's it's, regular. Yeah, she's regular. <laughs> she just... I'm just saying, it's like, she she keeps up on her fiber, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Agra's got healthy. a great... Agra's got a great colon. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so healthy. Yeah, very healthy. Um, So that's good. It's just that she does it at the most, like, inappropriate times. And yeah. I'm like, well, like, bitch, come around the corner or something. Like, <laughs> I'm sure they have chamber pots. I yeah. mean, come on, just find a chamber well, pot. Just find a know. podling. Just, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> right on top of them. I imagine this is like uh, this is like Flintstones. Is right. that the podlings do everything? <laughs> you think you got a shit job? You're killing it with these references. Um, um, so it is this also timely. Now, now is this part? Is this part where we also first see the like? The soul sucking device yeah. that happens, I think. I think so. Or it's around Rain here. Their essence. Yeah, yeah, they basically put a podling. Oh no, no, it's not. No, it's, nope, it's later it's later because later. They, it's the podling coming right capture. up. So basically, oh, yeah, cut so from throne people. room scene where Agra is like talking yep. shit to the Skeksis. The next, we go back to the podling podling party. Actually, podling party, the... which I would say, quoth Titanic, do you want to go to a real party? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like it's basically just the the dance scene from Titanic. I really thought yeah. that Jack and Rose were gonna dance in on the pod link dance right. because it's basically the exact same scene, just with potato people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legit. And less, I don't mean that in like expensive. that's not like a racist way to refer to like Irish people. I mean like they're actually look the podlings no, are potatoes. Like we said, they're yeah. designed after potatoes. Designed after potatoes. <laughs> I just didn't want anyone to like sk- that's skipping around on the podcast yeah. to be like. Yo, Warwick is calling out the Irish now? It used to be what mixed. Now on? it's potato people. Now it's potato people? And I'm like, no, no, no. The bottlings. Yes, the, the bottlings. bottlings. A.K.A. Cabbage Patch Reject Motherfuckers. Um, so Podling Party ends. Podling Party stops. Podling Party When the Gartham When the Gartham When the Gartham walk again, in. Again, break through the walls. Yes. That are clearly no made of No one knows ceramic. how to make walls in this world. Nobody knows how to make any damn walls in this world. I'm wondering why they even bother trying to sneak in to the Dark Tower castle whatever thing where the crystal is. They should have just like just fucking run Kool-Aid the Man. Walls. Yeah, exactly. Kool-Aid Man right through it. Yeah! You don't even need to run. You just walk yeah. through that wall. I feel like this might be the planet that Kool-Aid Man is from, which is why he has no respect for doors, because yeah. nobody in this world uses doors. No. Yep. The Mirelarks are just like, okay, we can sneak in, go in through these entrances, and they're all just like fucking Leroy Jenkins right through the side of the wall. <laughs> just killing him with these references. Yep. Yeah. Um, Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. Time wait. So the Gartham, they like capture most of the pod. They capture a ton of podlings. Jen and Kira and Fezzik like run like they're, they're about to get away. Well, the, the actually the Chamberlain, who's been following somehow, somehow he knows to be there at this podling village. Who knows? Plot, he followed. Whatever. He followed the Gartham. Probably mm, because yeah, maybe, he was there yeah, when yeah. they sent them out. Yeah, that's so yeah. he was just like, okay, I'm gonna follow at a distance. But anyway, so he basically <laughs> stops the Gartham. Yep. From catching Jen and Kira and Fizzgig because they still obviously yep. realize him as a Skeksis and obey him. But Jen and Kira get like five feet away, ten feet away, and then they're like, okay, well, we'll be fine here. And I'm just like, no, no, no you, you aren't. Won't. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they're looking for you, it's this is like the first place that they look. Like, I feel like with how dumb the Gelflings are, the fact that they weren't able to completely wipe them out they really half-assed this genocide. All right. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, <sighs> they get away. Like, the Chamberlain tries to, like, help mm. them. and Or he's, like, trying to, like, be all obsequious. And they're like, nah, fuck you. You're a Skeksis. Yeah. We're getting out of here. So, they run off. And they come across this, like, ruined old it's Gelfling old, city, yeah, basically. Yeah, old Gelfling town. Yep. Ah, ye old mm. Gelfling town. Yes, with the Gelfling adult bookstore. And <laughs> else. 
And the Gelfling Hardies. And they come across this mural, right? Or that yes. has, yeah. it's, it's the prophecy. And there's like runes and stuff written on the yep. wall. Yeah. And I will say this this line, not only is it the worst part of the, the worst line in the film, this was the part of the movie where, where I think the rest, the, the last of my goodwill was gone. <laughs> and I was just like, nope, nope, done. Is that they're like, oh, it's there's like there's all this word and writing and somebody I, I can't remember. Jen, Jen. Jen. Yeah. no, it's Jen. No, Kira's right. like, oh, it's writing. Oh yeah. yeah, Jen's like, what's writing? And she's like, words, words that stay. stay. I was just like, oh fuck you. <laughs> you think you're being deep, writers? You think that somebody is gonna quote this later on? No. No, this is not a quote. Well, and the other thing such too, a shitty, such a shitty explanation. No, nope. is that it again? Work. It talk. It shows you how absolutely, utterly, fucking useless the mystics are. Oh, because yeah. we see them. Their like stuff has runes on it. They obviously use symbols and writing. Something. Yet they never taught Jen how to read. Apparently, he's abused. He's neglected. Yeah, he's very neglected. Uh, Kira was raised by potatoes, and she is like a competent person, speaks all these languages, is fully capable of surviving on her own. BTW with wings. With She's wings. She's got wings. She's got wings. She's got fucking wings. And like, and Jen was raised by these supposedly like, oh, these these great mystics that were, you know, part of the rulers of the planet. So wise. And he doesn't know a goddamn thing. Except oh. for fucking flute. Yeah, that's it. Like the, he could have learned, he could have learned the exact same thing from just like a, a ten minute YouTube video on how to play the recorder. That's I it. I was raised by a group of music teachers. So then, so Chamberlain shows up again, and the next yes. note that I have just says, "Jen, don't be an idiot." No. Uh, but of course, Jen is an idiot and starts to like kind of fall for it because Chamberlain's just like, "Yeah, come on, come with me. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah, it won't hurt at all." Just come with me into my van. So, I mean, again, it's like, all right, Chamberlain, just go away. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kira calls these creatures that are basically people in stilts. Yep. <laughs> Still, stilt men. Stilt men, you know. Oh, all fours, though. Yeah. Stilts yeah, yeah. are all four like stilts. All, like all four stilts. The Gelflings take off. On the Landstriders. On the Landstriders, go to the Skeksis castle and... Try and save some of the pod people, right? they do, um, but they run into the Gartham and... They get thrown off of a cliff? Yeah, I think this is when we find Kira's wings, right? Yeah, and she flies to save them. Yeah, she grabs Jen and her wings pop out and they float to the ground. And so we found the one one actual physiological difference between male and female Gelflings is that... Female gelflings have wings. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And are like, and I feel like it'd be easy, the easy way to tell between a male and female gelfling though is just be like, it's oh, good. a simple task. Yeah. And the male <laughs> gelfling just fucks it up. And the female gelfling's like, I easily performed this. And you're like, okay, you're female. It's like when you put a when you put a blanket I mean, over a dog and right. call their name. <laughs> Whatever gods exist in this fantasy universe that created the gelflings, like, really gave the male gelflings the short end of the stick because they yeah. made the, they made the, uh, females like capable yeah and they gave them wings yeah i mean that's pretty awesome honestly and but, but of course but jen's the hero jen is yeah. gotta uh, be jen's the hero honestly i think that's my biggest problem with it is, is that, that jen is, jen the is hero. completely yeah. worthless if there had been the plot twist where kira ended up being the hero this movie would be fucking excellent yeah. and ahead of so its much time better. i feel like it would have been so much better if kira had just been the chosen one and it was Jen's job. Jen found the crystal, 
And so. Kira was the one that was that had the power to join them together. Mm-hmm. Great. No. I mean, but no. nope, nope, that's uh, not how it happens. So finally, finally, they're they at the get goddamn to the castle. fucking castle. And they like sneak in. And again, and this is the thing that the one thing that is just very unclear. Like we talked about it before. I mean, I get that maybe the Chamberlain followed the Gartham. Sure. Or whatever. But again, they take these land strider mm-hmm. creatures. They move. Which are supposed to be really fast. Yeah. And they get to the castle, they get in, they fall like sneak in through basically like a sewer. Right. Basically. But instead, as they're walking through these caverns, Chamberlain shows up again. And I'm like, how did how? He, how was he fast enough to keep up with them? Because we all saw naked Skeksis. They don't even though they look like birds, they don't have wings. Mm. They can't fly. Nope, they cannot fly. And I don't they don't look like they can move that fast. So the like en- how the hell does he country, show up? The entire country is only five hundred feet long. Yeah. He hitched a so, ride with uh, Littlefinger, I think is what it is. Oh, oh yeah. Fast yeah. travel. Fast travel. Oh. Oh, he, no, he's got the fast travel mod. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well he's been to the castle before. Yes. So he doesn't have to discover it. So yep, he can exactly. fast travel there. He can just fast yep. travel there. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yep. And so they're they finally again. This is like third time where they're like, Chamberlain, yo, fuck off. And so he's like finally is like, all right, fine. Creates like a cave in, yep. trying to kill Jen basically, and yeah. he grabs Kira and runs off with her. Yep. Look, I've got a girlfriend. Girlfriend, Because he wants to get back in good graces yep. with the Skeggsies, because of course that's what he was trying to do the entire time. Yeah, surprise, like surprise. He's a traitor. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. He is a traitor. Yeah. No spoilers for this movie at all. Yeah, because right? you could tell from the beginning. Right. Literally so, yeah. everything. There is everything telegraphed. was telegraphed. So they take Kira and they take her down to this chamber where they're using the dark crystal. Yep. And like a mirror basically to somehow reflect its energy to suck the life force out of podlings. And yeah. it basically sucks the life force out of them, helps them uh and I think they like the Skeksis drink it. This yeah, it comes out and it comes out in like in like a liquid form, only, and it helps them maintain their the youth. Only the emperor is allowed to drink yes. it. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And then then the the emperor becomes younger. Yeah, but very briefly. Yeah, they, it's, like it, they find they find out that it looks like the essence of Podling is no longer really effective because it like mm-hmm. makes him younger briefly, but then within the next like a minute, it's like he goes back to kind of being more withered. Yep. But essence of Gelfling, however. Essence of Gelfling. Yes. And it's also what turns the podlings into like the slave people you see in the castle where they just look like they're like basically kind of zombified. You know? Yeah, after it it looks like the, the he's got his like hair blown back mm-hmm. and it's all grayed out and they look like really like shrunken like husks of potato people. Yep. You know. They were left out in the sun too long. Yeah, they were left out in the oh, sun. Oh, I was going to say potato skins. Um, so yeah, so they take Kira down there yep. to get her essence. I, I will say this, they refer to, so they, this is where they, uh, the Skeggsies, the Dr. Skeggsies, whatever mm-hmm. it is, the one that's actually yeah, harvesting the, it. Like a scientist. He yeah, refers to where the, the, the crystal is, is kept. As the great shaft of the castle, yes. oh, and I'm just like that yeah. is like just point to your dick when you say <laughs> that. Great the great of the shaft castle. of the castle, boom! Right. I mean, I it's a missed opportunity by Henson. I feel like he should have put that in there. Yeah, yes. just totally missed opportunity. Total totally. missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. And so anyway, we get you know we get there and there. I think Agra is in prison. Yeah, Agra is right? in prison in that room. In prison. 
And but because no, but nothing's been done to her because nobody wants essence of Agra. No. <laughs> oh my God. No. 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 It's a diuretic. Yeah. So she's <laughs> just, awful. She's in a cage. It's only. It's shitting. only. No. See exactly. That's what the Skeksis <laughs> need. If they ever get like constipated and blocked up, then they oh, need some essence, essence of Agra. Of Agra. Yep. That'll just mm-hmm. clear you mm-hmm. right out. Yeah, yeah. It's like fucking Drano, man. It's like, it's like a bunch of White Castle sliders. Like that's what <laughs> the essence of Agra comes out, and it's just a White Castle slider. Yeah. And you're like, oh. He's trying to drain her essence, and... She refuses. She she fights back. She does fight back, kind of, but the thing is that I feel like it's weird that it takes Agra to remind Kira, because there's a whole bunch of animals that the Skeksis oh, yeah, captured in cages, like podlings and other creatures. All sorts of stuff. And it takes Agra to remind her that she can talk to the animals. Well, she's panicked. Give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, she's, she's like... Full crisis mode here. They are taking her essence. But so she basically gets the animals to break free. Yep. And the animals, only two. Yep. And they uh, they free. They like attack the the Skeksis. Yep. And, and the goes, last one who takes like the final blow that knocks him out into the into great shaft of the castle <laughs> oh, is Fizzgig. Yep. Because Fizzgig, we see him fall with the Chamberlain. Dark and Horse all hero. Like, mm-hmm. Fizzgig. We're all like, no, Fizzgig! No. But he's fine. But he's fine. But the, the Skeksis dies. Yep. And we also then see the mis- a mystic in the line of worthless mystics that are like wandering around the desert still. Poofs. Burst into flames. Burst into flames and vanishes. And so like, oh, okay, yeah. That, so they're like, So, oh. guys, if you haven't got it yet... <laughs> So Kira's able to get free, and she frees the rest of the chain of people, including Agra. Cool. I think Agra, Agra just stays in there, right? Like yeah, she gets basically. her out of the cage, but Agra doesn't like. She's she just like, I'm just gonna hang out. She doesn't really appear. No one really she's she tired. Help anybody? No one really cares. Um, or she takes a dump down the great shaft of the castle. Yeah, just right, right down it <laughs> into the lava. Um, and so Jen is not dead. Unfortunately, right. uh, but he does get unburied from the rocks. Yeah, he gets himself out. He sneaks around with some he... fucking help from Fizzgig. Yeah. yeah, Fizzgig comes and basically is just like, "Jen, get your off your ass," and he's like, "All right." Yeah, I mean, he sneaks into the like main chamber where the crystal is, and, and the, the Skeksis sun... are about to do their yeah. ritual that's going to make them all powerful. The Skeksis are filing in, and the suns are starting to align. Yep. Oh my god. Finally, something that resembles a climax. Finally. Jesus Christ. And Jen, like, he's up in, like, kind of a gallery above, like, the main floor, and opposite side of the room, same kind of gallery, that's where Kira is. And they see each other, and they're like, oh, no. And he's like, all right, I gotta put the thing, crystal, shard, and I'm gonna put it in the crystal. crystal. Gonna fuck that crystal with that shard. Yep. <laughs> just gonna just gonna jam it in. Yep. Uh, doesn't like warm the crystal up at all. Nope. Nope. And nope. 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 Takes well, a running urgency. leap. A running leap at it. Because well, because the Gartham come in. And, oh, right, right, right. And they're chasing him, and he finally decides, you know, I gotta just make a leap for it. Jump sure. on the crystal. Jumps on the crystal. Drops. The and shard. then drops the shard. <laughs> well, he's a puppet. He doesn't have that much coordination. Yeah. No. He's also the worst. He's yep. not the chosen one because the chosen one might have, you know, skills. Yeah, I he's like he, all right. Here's the thing. So I you could compare this movie to Star Wars very yeah, easily. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like it's basically just hero Star cycle. Wars. Yeah, it's a, it's right. It's the hero cycle. Luke Skywalker had skills. He was a good pilot. Uh, good he, engineer. He was a good engineer. Um, he he was brave. He, naive, a, naive, but, but has brave. like 
real things that he can do, Luke, provide to a uh, team. Luke Skywalker heard that Princess Leia was being held captive, and he's like, we have to rescue her. We gotta do something. Obi-Wan told them to hide out there, and but Luke is like, yep. no, we can't leave her, and it's his idea that they go out and get her. You know, for all of his foibles, right, Luke Skywalker is an active part of his quest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jen is not an active part of this quest at all. Literally nope. everything is done for him by other people. And you dropped might... into his goddamn lap, basically. <laughs> Just the entire time. You might say that he is, I don't know, a puppet? Yeah, well, yeah. he's, he, yeah, he is a literal <laughs> puppet and also and a figurative puppet <laughs> in this entire thing. And again, now we have the, the climax of the film, and rather than having him be the hero and give him a hero moment, instead he fucks it up and somebody else has to rescue it for him. Yep. Whoops, Butterfingers! And it's Kira who and has Kira. to then jump out with like her, with wings, her wings, and she, she picks up the shard, and, but of course, in doing this, and she throws it to him up on top of the crystal, mm -hmm. and, but of course, while she's doing this, she's totally exposed her back to the Skeksis, and yep. one of them comes up with a knife and just shanks her right in the back. Oh, yep. another weapon that exists. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Only the Skeksis have weapons in this in this world. Yep. And like, apparently only some of them understand their actual purpose. Right. Yep. Like stabbing. Like stabbing. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, so she throws in the shard... He puts it in the crystal, and Wilson. the mystics have also finally the mystics are sh slowly shuffled oh, into the room. And they're like, oh. Yeah. I, don't, they, I mean, I don't know if it does anything. It no, doesn't it doesn't. Really. They just, the crystal is whole. Yep. And then, surprise, surprise, this. the mystics and Skeksis merge into one being. Like, I mean, they look the, like in ghosts. each individual, they basically yeah. are these white, shining, ghosts. celestial beings. Yeah. And then we get some more exposition. And then, of course, to, to, of course just to finish out the movie, we get a little bit more exposition. You gotta where put the, nice brackets on it. Where yeah. the... The world turns green. Final beings are basically like, oh yeah, well, we broke the crystal, and in doing that, it divided us into these separate halves, like our if twin If you didn't evil. get it already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you didn't get it already, we're gonna tell you exactly what happened. We're gonna spell it out for you. But now that you have made the crystal whole again, the world shall be renewed, and we're just gonna we're just blow gonna it off into up. Ghostland. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, we'll bring Kira back to life. There you go. Boom. Bing. Now you guys go and get it on with your Gelfling parts. I guess. And restore but the Gelfling race. They have no Gelfling parts. They have no Gelfling parts. <laughs> maybe Gelflings lay eggs. I don't know. Oh, Who maybe. knows? Are they like fish? Yeah. So she just leaves like a bunch of eggs. Yep. And he plays his flute over them. Oh. <laughs> They're, they're, I'm glad they're we're fertilized this out. by music. Yeah. We're basically the Jane Goodall of Gelflings right yeah. now. We're doing a lot so. of uh, a lot of field research. Field lot research field on research. Gelflings. So uh, now that we've we've made it through the Dark Crystal, um, let's you know talk about our thoughts about this movie and how it basically the thoughts about how it holds up compared to watching it when you were younger and we'll of course let our guests go first yeah. if I didn't talk enough during <laughs> the actual recording to me this movie holds up if only because I really like B movies and this is the this is a quintessential B movie mm. where there's not a ton of plot yeah. there's a lot of cool visuals and a lot to make fun of yeah, yeah. I can see that um, I think for me it it's just not as intriguing at all, as it was when I was younger. Um, I think, because for me, it's still a visually fascinating movie, and I think where I might disagree slightly, just a little, with, like, B-movies, 
there's always that element of camp mm. that I feel like a really great B movie has, but this one doesn't have camp to it. At no. least it doesn't feel like it does to me. It takes itself very seriously. And I, I this movie just it's like takes itself camp. so seriously with such a minuscule plot, and mm -hmm. that's where I think it really fall, falls down for me on a rewatch, where. With those visuals, yeah, it can be cool to watch them again, but a lot of times that really unique and interesting visual aesthetic, after that first exposure, the first time you see it, it's always going to be diminished slightly when you go yeah. back to it again. Whereas a really good story that has really great story elements, can you can always go back and revisit because it's got those great story elements and mm -hmm. great characters. Whereas this movie really for me, just kind of drops the ball on character and overall plot sure. and story. I think it's lacking camp because it is a children's movie. And I think that level of self-awareness, well, and I would argue that camp requires a level, of, like, requires not self-awareness. You know, that B-movies have a... I don't know how to describe it. But true B-movies, as opposed to things that are trying to be B-movies, example, Snakes on a Plane, <laughs> true B-movies do have a self-seriousness that is what makes them so delightful to watch sure. and so delightful to make fun of because they think they're really good. Manos, The Hands of Fate, thinks it's fucking amazing. Well, I was going to say, uh, the one I was going to point to was a movie that we all saw together, which mm. was Gods of Egypt. Yes. yes. Oh Gods of Egypt, every individual person <laughs> was taking their part seriously. So seriously. And like, but, but at the same time, uh, the, the sum was terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, see, that's the thing is I feel like, but I, I think there's a way a B movie, a really good B movie takes itself seriously to a point. But there's always just that hint of a little wink and a nod yep. that we know this is campy. Whereas this one, it doesn't have that as much. It just it just literally takes itself seriously. Well, you know what it is? I think I think the problem with it is that there's no fun. There's no yeah. fun. It's not very it's not like a joy it's not like a joyful thing. Mm -hmm. Um is that it's it's like this is all very serious stuff, and yet there were no stakes, almost no. like at all. There were like everybody is very lackadaisical about this like world-shattering thing that's going to happen, and yet it seemed like nobody cared. You never feel worried for Jen. You never feel like, worried for you Jen. You never really but, feel worried for no. him as a character. No exception, Fizzgig. Yeah, Fizzgig, yeah. you worry about because he, you're like, oh, he's well, cute. The, the, yeah, he's cute. <laughs> and well, the dog cute. could something and, happen to him because it's just the dog character. Well, and Fizzgig also, he has that element of whimsy. I feel yeah. like that element of self-awareness, where he knows what kind of movie he's in, and he's gonna do a yep. little wink and a nod to the audience, even if by wink and nod, it's a growl with yeah. two rows of teeth. Yeah, but there were no, there was no real jokes. There's no real. Fun. You're right, there's no jokes. And there's no jokes in this movie. Everything is very serious, very dramatic. There's no Han Solo character, right. is what I always point to. One of the reasons why... Uh, True. One of the reasons why the prequels failed is because there wasn't a Han Solo. Like, you can have... Like, so it, the, the way to do that is you make Natalie Portman's... I, I can get into the prequels all I want. But, like, the, the way you do that is you make one of the main characters, you make them that fun kind of entry point. Oh, no, but Natalie Portman is the girl. She can't have any defining characteristics other than her, Han Solo. her open womb. Padme should have been the rogue, Dude. like, the Han Solo Dude. character of it. Yep. That would have been so amazing. Much better. 
You know, and then you can still oh. do the you can still do the the reveal in the first one where it's yep. like, oh no, she's 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 the the handmaiden that's pretending to be a handmaiden, but really she's the queen princess, elected senator, whatever. <laughs> the, right. the the yeah. the democratic system on Naboo doesn't make any fucking sense. But then, but then when you have the reveal, it's like, no, really, it's Natalie Mormon. Have her be the fun roguish type. That's like, no, I'm just gonna, you know, outlaw it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Outlaw country. That yeah. oh my god. Does that make that the would, prequel so much better? That makes them so much better yeah. and instantly makes Padme my favorite character. I do not think that the Dark Crystal held up. I hated this movie watching it I as still an adult. Love it. And I I'm not necessarily it. saying that it's like it's a terrible film that right. I'm like, oh, this movie should never have existed. What I'm saying is, is compared to the way I liked it as a child. I enjoyed this movie as a child. Sure. I hated this movie as an adult, being able to think <laughs> Like, think critically about exactly. what's happening. Yeah. Follow the plot of what's going on. Like, it just... Some children's movies hold up because you can say, like, oh, wow, they really thought this through mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. I saw Jurassic Park as an adult, and I was surprised at how much plot there was. Because all I remember was dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, and like, another... <laughs> and, then like, another well, movie... Pop- like Another Jim Henson, Brian Froud collaboration, Labyrinth... Holds up. Oh yeah, because there's know, so much plot. It's got there's story. The characters are so characters. well developed. And I don't think Labyrinth would have existed without the Dark Crystal. No, no. But it's a proof your of concept. problem is that you're thinking about it. You're right. thinking critically. Well, and that's and so just that's watch, the thing. Just so, be yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is watching it as an adult, you're not going to have the same experience. Yeah. You know, whereas other other Henson films, you will. You know, and you can go back and watch Fraggle Rock and probably mm-hmm. still get enjoyment yes. out of it. But I, I personally did not like watching this movie <laughs> again as an adult. Um, which yeah, is okay. I mean, it was for me. It was definitely again. I don't think I had as much of, as a visceral response to sure. it as you did, but it was very much a sense of disappointment and going, "Oh yeah, this movie." I see why it was popular when it was done because it was yeah. the first of its kind. Like. You know, one of the things about this movie is that at the time it was made, people were talking about it was the only live-action film that no human actor right. is ever There's like, no humans visible. in it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there are right, definitely scenes where there right. are people inside the suits, Just but no human characters. person is ever visible. Yep. Which, I mean, That's groundbreaking. Cool. Yeah. Really cool for the time. Never and been done before. the puppetry, the creatures, the design, again, I want to be very clear, is that that stuff is all great. It's like such a visually interesting movie. Yeah. But visually and technically, yeah. it's amazing. However, the writing and the directing, I felt like, really failed in this film. Yeah. An interesting um, thing about the directing is that this was, like we said, I think at the beginning, joint. co-directed yeah. by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. And apparently, there's a lot of speculation that Jim Henson directed all of the good guy scenes, basically. Mm. Like the Gelflings, the Mystics... Gen, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. And then Oz did all of the Skeksis scenes, Gartham scenes, mm. that he was the more dark side of things. Because well, Henson did puppetry for the, he was in, he was one of the Skeksis, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he definitely, he did yeah, a lot he of did a, I mean, he also yeah. did the, the Mystics too. Well, I think he but... did, he did a lot of Jen, probably okay. the puppetry yeah, for yeah. Jen, in addition to the Kiran Shah. Like, I right. think Kiran Shah did a lot of Jen and Kira for when they were in shots yep. with larger things and not by themselves on screen. Um, also, um, this was Frank Oz's first ever stab Direct. at directing, basically. And mm. apparently having two directors mm. was really confusing to a lot of the crew. I believe Duh. That. 
and yeah. the one of the they got together and got an assistant director to go ask Henson or ask Henson and Oz basically to be like, um, can you just take over and have Frank Oz not be Direct. doing this anymore? <laughs> and Henson's like, no. Good. Good for Henson. Yeah. yeah that's cold-blooded by that crew, though. <laughs> but, I mean, I think oh, they were I'm just, like, long days. Cold-blooded. Well, and yeah. two directors is really difficult. Sure. That's, that's a lot so of directors. hard. Yeah. So hard. Speaking of some other, I mean, just, you know, some other fun trivia about this movie um, and other, like, staff. Uh, Gates McFadden. Oh, yeah, AKA I was looking at this. Beverly, Beverly Crusher from oh. Star Trek The Next Generation. Beverly Crusher. Uncredited. I don't even know her. <laughs> choreographer for this movie. So oh. a lot of the movement and stuff was done by her. And she would actually come back to work with the same team on Labyrinth, where she actually was credited as director of choreography and puppet movement for Labs for Gates McFadden. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yes, you beautiful redhead. I mean, it makes sense now that yeah. they had that episode on Next Generation where she teaches Data how to dance mm-hmm. and they have a whole tap number together. So it's like, obviously, she's a really talented dancer, which I didn't really know about her before. So hmm. yeah. Interesting. I mean, it was obvious when I watched that on Next Generation that she was a dancer, but I'm like, oh, this is probably why they worked it in because she's really into dance. And she was like, hey, can I have a, a dancing bit? Dance. Boogie woogie down. Yep. Sorry. Mm. I am not sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess that's really it. Yeah. Uh, this we've spent more time talking about this movie than the actual movie is 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 lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess the thing that bothered me the most is that um, Kira is such an important. Jen never would have been in the position that he is yep. without her. And yeah, why wasn't Kira is, the hero? Why Kira should have just been the hero. Yeah. Or make have Jen be good at things. I I don't know. I mean, like it's <laughs> just. I mean, like how they do it together. At yeah. I mean, I guess they do in a way do it together. It's like without her there, she couldn't throw him the shard. I right. guess, you know? but also she dies. But yeah, yeah, if the ghosts don't bring her back to life, yeah, she's just dead. Right. Because and it's not because, and she doesn't sacrifice herself. You know, because she she has to because Jen's gonna get caught or whatever. She she has to sacrifice herself because Jen is bad at what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big difference. Oh me. no, I know, totally. Like, I, she if if she, if they did, couldn't if they were just like no, we can't bring her back to life because she's fucking dead. <laughs> they, she is dead because Jen is incompetent. And yeah. I, you gotta figure as soon as she gets back to life, she's gotta beat the shit out of her. <laughs> Seriously. She's just like, how the fuck do you drop the goddamn crystal? It's like the uh, only thing that we were doing. Literally, you're you had one, one job. job. One job. The fate of the Jen, goddamn you had one job. Yeah. The fate of the goddamn world is in is in your hands. You just drop it. Like a <gasps> goddamn idiot. Because it didn't break, right? What? What if it had broken? It's a uh, crystal. Just puzzle piece it back together in uh, there while the sun's on. Just, uh, just jam it in, I, I guess. Just put all the pieces. Oh, God. I no. mean, you know, and the more I think about it, it does make sense that the visuals are the strongest aspect because I, I think something like Brian Froud spent a total of five years of his life mm. pretty much working on just this. Sure. And he's like, a because, visuals guy. Well, no, that's well, yeah. the only thing. Great. Well, but I mean, but he basically designed everything. 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 Yeah. Landscape, set, creatures, plants, and it like everything. And it shows. Terrific. He did a great job. And I think one of the one of the reasons for your 
negative reactions to it is that you only saw it as a child mm-hmm. and didn't continue seeing it at various periods throughout your life. Yeah. Whereas, like, you see it as a kid and you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. You see it as a tween and you're like, oh, okay, this is romantic. You see it as a teenager and you're like, oh, this is fucking stupid. But it's beautiful and stupid. Mm-hmm. And there's still this fondness for it, which yeah. to me is the quintessential part of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. That it's never mm-hmm. as you remember it. It's never as beautiful and perfect and crystalline as you remember it. It's always flawed. Yeah. And In you're looking ways. at it through a lens that has just sort of faded edges, like yeah. a dream sequence. It's part of the definition of nostalgia. Yeah. It's... You're remembering something, mm-hmm. but also it's sad. There's a sadness to it. And part of the sadness is that loss of, like, I'm just going to go along with this fucking stupid plot because it looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely sense. see that. That's the way I feel about Tremors. Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Tremors so many times. So many times. I uh, fucking love Tremors. Spoiler oh. alert for when we do Tremors, because we're going to do it soon. <laughs> fucking love War Tremors. Tremors. <laughs> love it. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, Nicole, for, for being here. Um, do you want to say anything about... Do your plugs. Do your tell plugs. people where they plugs. can get... Tell people where they can find you. Find me on the internet. Yeah. And, uh, okay, let me do my real thing. Follow me on all forms of social media at OG Nicole Keating, like I'm the original gangster, Nicole Keating. And follow my gynocentric internet comedy group, Fake Geek Girl Productions at FGG Peeps on all forms of social media and FGGPeeps.com. And Rude Tutors, the podcast, is available on iTunes. So and, you can go there and subscribe. And at RudeTutors.com. And you can find it at RudeTutors.com. It's a great podcast. You should yep. definitely listen to it. Uh, even if you're not necessarily a history buff, it's still a lot of fun and you get to learn and some fun things. And you guys do a really great job telling hilarious and gross stories about the history. I was going to so. say, even about if you're not Renaissance a Renaissance history. Yeah. If you're not a history buff, it's cool because it's still really gross. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. So you should, guys should definitely listen to it. Check out Fake Geek Girl and uh, all of their fun productions. You can, you're, you guys are YouTube stars and everything. So YouTube. YouTube Internet, all over the place. We're on all of it. Yeah. All those interwebs. All on the interwebs. Just taking over the interwebs. Just running through the tubes everywhere. Yep. Like Series little of tiny tubes. hilarious hamsters. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for being here with us, Nicole. And to everybody else out there, we will see you next time on Cinemastalgia. Nostalgia is produced by Dave Kelch and Warwick Johnson. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Blog Talk Radio. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our theme was written and performed by Andy Berlin and mixed and mastered by Peter Carparelli. For more info about the show, you can follow us on Twitter at CinemastalgiaPC or visit us on the web at Cinemastalgia.com.